Oh, Frozen Rat. And welcome to the 109th episode of Downtime Podcast and our Thursday episode of Summer of Elisa. Last week on June 21st, The Sims 4 Island Living Expansion Pack came out to further the timeline and the history of The Sims franchise. And today I thought I would do a very special episode on the very first Sims game, The Sims. And for here, we'll take a quick look at that game's timeline and its development, especially as next year in 2020, it is going to be 20 years of The Sims. I've been a huge fan of the game ever since it came out. It came out on February 4th, 2000, and I got the game for my birthday from my cousin. And after I fell down in the Sims rabbit hole, pretty much played every game after that. So I'm very excited to do this intro of the Sims history. And who knows, maybe if if everyone likes this episode, then I'll talk a lot more about the Sims. This is one of the first times that I've done extensive research on the information that I'm presenting to you, so I hope you enjoy. The conception of The Sims 1 starts off with its game studio, Maxis. Founded by Will Wright and Jeff Braun in 1987, Wright was born in Atlanta, Georgia, and he didn't want to be a computer programmer at first. He didn't like the computer courses he took in college, and he was experimenting with his other interests, such as mechanical engineering and architecture. He eventually came back to programming at an older age and started developing games. He met Jeff Braun at a barbecue, and the rest is history. I'm unable to track where Braun was born, but some brief articles did show he spent a lot of his time in the East Bay, California. As most fans know, Jeff Braun is the business force behind The Sims, and Will Wright is the creative force behind The Sims. The company named Maxis comes from Braun's father, who thought of the name after Braun had guidelines of what he wanted the company name to be. He wanted to be five to seven letters long, something that was quick and easy to remember, and contains either X, Z, or Q as a letter. Max's very first location was in Orinda, California, eventually moving to Walnut Creek in 1994, until settling in Emeryville, where it would be until the Max's studio closed down. The first game to come out of Max's was SimCity, on February 2nd, 1989, which Wright had been working on since 1985. This was their first simulation game involving building a city from scratch and managing it, throwing challenges for the player to handle along the way. SimCity became very popular and allowed Maxis to develop sequels and other games not related to SimCity. These games, such as SimCopter, were not as successful as SimCity. After years of experimenting, Wright and Braun moved on to acquisition 
as Electronic Arts buys Maxis for $125 million. For Will Wright, The Sims and the simulation aspect is a lot more personal. In 1991, Wright lost his home in the Oakland firestorm of that year. Remember how I said earlier that Wright was also interested in architecture? In rebuilding his life and his home, Wright gained the idea of The Sims and having a simulation of daily activities and building a house. He was also inspired by the book A Pattern Language by Christopher Alexander, a book on architecture and urban design. In developing The Sims, its code name in Maxis was Dollhouse, and at first was only the build mode aspect of it. It was solely about building a house, which makes sense because Maxis developed creation games for building whole cities and other architectures. But it wasn't until later in the timeline they added the social interaction mechanic of the game. And game testers enjoyed the players and the characters socializing that Wright and Maxis turned their attention to developing The Sims with that aspect. And then on February 4th, 2000, the first Sims game released on PC. The open-ended game with co- with no concrete ending would become one of the biggest selling PC games of all time. The Sims was centered around one single neighborhood. It didn't have a name unlike all the other neighborhoods that now exist in the Sims universe. It had six established houses or mansions and four open lots where you could build. Buy mode allowed the player to furnish their their house, while build mode allowed the player to renovate their current home or build their abode from scratch. A player can create a sim household and choose a place to live. Or you could choose one of five pre-made families that the game gave. So you had the Goths, the Pleasants, the Newbies, the Bachelor, and the Roomies household. In The Sims, your household save was your own, and it did not affect other saves if you became neighbors with other people or you had more than one household in your memory. Your adult Sims could have kids, but those kids did not really grow up, and essentially your family stayed the same age. This would all change in time with new games throughout The Sims history. During the zeitgeist of the first Sims, it brought many interesting types of players. The players who stuck to the same family, the players constantly changing their families and households, the players who only built houses, the players who could not take care of their kids and brought the welfare lady to their house, and even players who messed up their Sims' lives and locked them in a room to starve or go swimming without a ladder in the pool because you deleted it. The first expansion packs of The Sims 1 included Living Large, which had additional items like a deluxe pack of the original Sims, House Party, 
which featured Drew Carey, if any of you remember that commercial, Hot Date, adding a downtown neighborhood and had one of the most memorable items of all time, which was this love bed, which had a huge heart on it. And The Sims did you know what in that bed. (laughs) Vacation, which had an island to visit with different locations on it from camping to an ice area to a beach. Unleashed, which introduced pets. Superstar, featuring even more celebrities aside from Drew Carey and making magic for the supernaturally inclined. Will Wright would eventually leave Max's in 2009 to focus on other gaming endeavors, but all fans know what he did for this game and the franchise. Unfortunately, on September 25th, 2015, the Maxis Emeryville location, where the studio had been for so long, would close down and the development of The Sims would move on to other EA locations. It's an understatement that this game brought many possibilities in 2000, and the cultural phenomenon it became broke the glass of what it was possible in a life simulation game. And Will Wright did so much to develop that. When The Sims 5, if and when it comes, EA will continue this game and keep going with its legacy. Especially with its sustained popularity, I have no doubt that even if we no longer have The Sims 5, players will continue playing all The Sims. One, two, three, and four. Some fun facts before ending this podcast. The illustrious The Sims soundtrack was composed by Jerry Martin, who was a Bay Area native, Mark Russo, Kirk R. Casey, and Dix Bruce in all of its jazz and bossa nova glory. Simlish, the gibberish language used in The Sims, is based off of some words of Tagalog, Ukrainian, and Navajo language, but mostly just gibberish. And the original voices of The Sims were provided by Jerry Lawler and Stephen Kieran. The original money cheat of The Sims, Klopashis, Now, I tried finding its meaning, and the only thing I could find and track is that Klopashis was the main character of a book called The Siberiad, a collection of sci-fi stories by Stanislaw Lem. And Klopashis was a protagonist who was an engineer. Thank you for listening to A Quick History of the Sims podcast. Research has been done from the official EA website, the article, Developer Origins from GameSci, Meet Mr. City by Barbara Kantrowitz of Newsweek, Cubed Gamer's article, The 18-Year History of The Sims by Samuel Gilzian, Maxis is now under EA's wing by Walter Moorbeck and Kate Hedstrom from GameSpot, Gonna Play The Sims? You Gotta Speak Simlish from Savvy Gaming. If you liked this podcast and you want to make a comment, you can comment on anywhere where we have the platform, Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, you name it. And we will read the comment and answer your question live on the podcast. You can also check out our website, www.downtime.live, where we have a Discord 
on the website as well as a contact form. And speaking of Discord, in the show notes, you also have access to the link to where you can join straight there. If you liked this podcast, please rate us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Thank you for listening to episode 109.